This is Jerry Bingham, host of Hush Loudly on WGN+. We bring this sense of consideration, calm, and clarity. And that's why we're seen as helpers. You know, we are the collaborators, the connectors. Hi, I'm Richard Etienne, and you're listening to Hush Loudly on WGN+. Hello and welcome back to Hush Loudly, where we talk about all things introverted. And I'm excited about our next guest who's joining us from the UK. Despite running a regular Guardian Masterclass series on how to become a successful introvert, a quick look at Richard Etienne's resume would suggest that he is anything but introverted. He began his marketing career at MySpace during its commercial pinnacle in 2007 and has since aided the online promotion of global brands in entertainment, education, and sports. Now a personal branding consultant to politicians, artists, and retired sports stars, Richard takes pride in helping people establish a reputation and an identity while still maintaining a personal level of trust and interaction with their target audience. Welcome, Richard, to Hush Loudly. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, being on this show. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we have a lot to talk about, but first we got to talk about MySpace. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. cool. That that is. I mean, look. I'm glad you find it cool. I, I talk to a lot of you know millennials and the gen, the next generation. They're like, "What? Who?" <laughs> so I have to explain to them. It's basically like what Facebook is now. It was big back then. You know, we were all Tom's best friend, and we, you know, we lost friends because we didn't put them in our top top friends. It was it was a yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> well, that, but that's very cool. And you're not in your bio really talking about that you're a videographer. I've been all on your site. So give us a little bit more about Richard. Yeah. So I guess on my website, it's funny. I, I said, um, you know, all of my life, I, I've, I've loved three things, talking, writing and, and, and filming, filmmaking. And uh, I, I couldn't decide which one to do as a career. So I just chose one three. And so with the filmmaking side of things, I... At my peak, I guess, I'm known for being a for our former prime minister's official videographer, Theresa May. And in 2019, I released a documentary called The ID Project, which won Best Documentary at the British Urban Film Festival, which is a BAFTA-accredited ceremony. So, yeah, yeah, I'm really, I'm really grateful to, to be able to use my talents to tell other people's stories. And then with that documentary... Also, my own story um, twinned with my my late father. So, yeah, really love comms, and I guess that's that's how you you and I met. But I'm sure we'll get onto that in a bit. And um, just helping people to share their story and become the best versions of themselves. Which is interesting because I think that that's what well. I won't say all introverts do, but I think that's something that many of us have in common, helping others shine a light. Because And it's, it's why I took your class, because I don't promote myself well. I can promote the hell out of somebody else. And my background is marketing. I can do it so well. But when it comes to me, it's very challenging for me. So let's get right into the show. So, Richard, are you an introvert? I uh, you you put it in a in a nice way actually when we were speaking before this about 
Do I have a preference? Yeah, so that's what the experts. So I've had the pleasure of interviewing a Myers-Briggs expert, and he talked about it really is a preference and we should stop defining it as introvert, extrovert, and that we obviously turn it on when we have to. So we are extroverted when we need to be and want to be, but also we are introverted. That may be our preference. And so just like for me, I'd rather be at a dinner with two people, an intimate, quiet dinner where we're having deep conversation. That doesn't mean I can't go out and be at a dinner party with 20 people. It's just not my preference. My preference is the smaller, the less stimulating, the cooler environment, the calm environment. So that is really how we should be describing it. And so I guess I'll take back that question. But I I think that you seem to be more introverted or have a preference. And even in your writing and your filmmaking and all of that, it just seems to fall right along in there with maybe that group of people who prefer introversion. Indeed. You know, um, Carl Jung, who came up with the term, uh, actually once said that no one can be purely introvert or extrovert. Such a person being found in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Personally, I really probably be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so. I met you, um, you had a class, and so it was through The Guardian, and it was self-promotion for introverts. So do you write for them, or what is your relationship with The Guardian? And tell us how this class came about. Yeah, so probably better to start with how the class came about. And I, I, I started my career, as you know, you know, back when... It was my space, and, and that space was very concentrated with a lot of extrovert characteristics and characters. And you know, we're interviewing celebrities like Beyonce, Akon, Ti. Like, you know, there's a lot of energy around, and I, I found myself kind of falling into the background, and I, I couldn't understand why I struggled to speak up for myself. But then it was only until I read uh, Susan Cain's book, who you met with on this show, um, Quiet. And I realized, oh, okay, so I identify as an introvert. I'm not shy. And so I looked online for courses that could help an introvert like myself to progress in the workplace and actually, you know, raise my voice, you know, hush loudly. So um, I couldn't find any. I couldn't find any at all. Uh, But then with The Guardian, I noticed that they did run a masterclass series on a number of other really great subject matters for professionals. And so I pitched the idea of an introvert class, masterclass to them. And they took it on. Um, they gave me a trial, uh, bless them. And uh, it sold out immediately. And it's, what, four years later, every single time they, they announce it, it sells out within days. And uh, I think the great thing about the uh, new platform, because now it's online, is I, you know, I get to connect with individuals like you. You know, I've had people from San Francisco, um, Singapore, all sorts. Um, and I'm based in, you know, South London, uh, which is quite humble on that scale. It just kind of makes you realize that we are we are part of a much larger community. And in terms of writing for them, yeah. So now uh, as a result of the success of these classes, masterclasses, I do now write a series of uh, articles on introversion, in, especially in the workplace. My most recent article was to reflect on some of the learnings that I made or had during the initial uh, lockdowns in in 2020. So yeah, I'm really enjoying working with them and and, um, it's, it's 
proving really fruitful in terms of the, the great feedback I'm getting from, from individuals who attend. And how cool that you created this when you saw it was a space in the market, it was missing. So you created it, pitched it, and they went for it. Congratulations. And I really, really enjoyed your class. Took lots of tips and, and I've used some of your suggestions. And I don't know how deep we can go into your class because I don't want to give away all of your secrets, but I guess you'll just you know, say what you can. But I did want to ask you about this self-promotion. So as I inserted myself earlier, it's very hard for me. And people will say, well, Jerry, you need to do this. Why aren't you doing this? Like, you know, you're supposed to be doing this. Why aren't you? And of course, you can be humble, which I think I am. But also, I need to be smart. So what do you think? Where do you think that comes from? And, And do you see this time and time again obviously your class is selling out but what do you think about this whole thing about it being difficult for us to self-promote well first of all thank you for the compliments earlier Jerry. i really appreciate it i'm glad you could attend but in terms yeah in terms of where that difficulty to self-promote comes from what i've realized is that we as introverts or those who identify as we tend to put others ahead of us and you, you touched on this earlier in the conversation so and you know, to the extent where we put other people's comfort levels ahead of our own. So, you know, if we talk about ourselves too often, it might annoy a few people, you know, tick them off. They might unfollow us. They might not turn up to our events. You know, we, we, we feel as if we will be a burden by sharing our talents. And um, when on the flip side, we're happy to support others. And, you know, with the you know, pandemic and especially in the UK, a lot of job losses happening, you know, people were put on furlough for much of last year. The jobs market is now saturated. And so it is survival of the loudest in terms of getting that next role. And extroverts are so uh, adept at, at self-promotion. And so, you know, the purpose of the, this, the masterclasses is to help with introverts to self-promote. And, you know, what one thing that I always say at the top is, you know, start small. And, and, and what I mean by that is stay within your comfort zone. I don't like that term, step out of your comfort zone. I like to say expand your comfort zone. So if you find online is where your comfort zone is, then use LinkedIn. You know, use platforms where it's easier to reach out to individuals. You can literally slide in someone's DM and, and create a really good conversation that could flourish into, you know, your next role, your next client. Who knows? Thank you for that. And and when you mentioned earlier, you were talking about Beyonce and T.I. and you were mentioning some people. I wondered, have you ever, you're comfortable with who you are. You know who you are now. But same thing with me, but I didn't always know this. And so I wanted to ask you, when you were a teen or a youngster or even in your early 20s, even though you look 25, I know you're older than that, but you look like you're 25 now. But when you were younger, did you ever try to masquerade and be something that you weren't? How did that play out for you as a kid growing up? Uh, Thank you for that compliment. Um, I like being 25. I did try to masquerade as an extrovert. Uh, I did it a lot in my 20s at social gatherings, you know, festivals, those kind of places, all those those kind of industry events, uh, uh, music industry events where others are kind of peacocking. And it didn't go well because 
I wasn't being my authentic self. And as you know, if and when we play into that, that extrovert mindset, this, it's like a sand timer. It, it will run out eventually. And it did. And it, and it ran out a lot earlier than everyone else's. And so, <laughs> you know, I, I lost chat. I had no chat left. I, I'd wanted to leave early. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just those kind of events. First dates. You know, I'd go on a first date and I would be Mr. Extrovert for first date. And then second date, they're expecting the same person. But I, I just don't have enough. I don't have it in me to, to maintain that constant extrovert uh, level of, of personality, which I just don't have <laughs> in me. I think we've all, we've all been there. And maybe at the end, when I'm going to ask you for some advice, maybe some advice could tie in. Because why I'm doing this, it's a purpose, it's to serve. I want to help people, those young introverts who don't have the confidence that we have and to let them know they're perfect and to get into their authentic selves and figure out who they were are. And another thing I always talk about is what I believe it was my deficit growing up is actually an asset. And so I just want us to keep teaching and sharing that and to help empower other introverts. So I want to talk about brand. So you talked about personal brand and how we need to define ourselves. What do you mean by that? So in terms of the personal brand, I always describe it as what people say about you when you're not in the room. And it's so important. And, you know, people how people discover your personal brand is often as simple as a, a web search. You know, when was the last time you Googled yourself, for example? And that search, what the search result brings up, that's your shop window for your brand, essentially. So, you know, in my classes, I always say how important it is to own that narrative about your personal brand. So sign up. You know, if you don't have a Google account, get one and tidy up your personal information tidy up your images the same with social media channels you know if if you've got if you haven't signed into facebook for years <laughs> you, you probably still have a quite you know a lot of uh, content out there that you probably don't want people to see anymore like you know try and go in and clean up your brand own that that narrative there's a website called about.me which is a simple kind of one pager resume which again you know well, the search engines, search engines will prioritize in their searches when your name comes up. But I think it's really important, especially if you have a very common name and you want to, you know, kind of stand out. Really, really see how you can do that by keeping your content up to date. Because again, search engines prioritize uh, recent content, updated content, and um, find ways to ensure that your Social media channels are up to date as well, such as LinkedIn. I think that's a, you know, in the business space, that's such a strong platform. Absolutely. So how do you sell yourself? So we've talked about how, you know, I think you said where you're comfortable, if you're comfortable in the social media space. What if you're not really sure? And, and so how do you promote Richard? And how do you suggest we figure out how we promote ourselves? That's a really good question. Um, in terms of how I promote me, sorry. in terms of how I promote me, I get others to toot my horn for me, and I because I'm 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 still not that great at self promotion. I still think that people will find me highly annoying, 
<laughs> yeah, but my, my mentor says it's not your fault, Richard, that you have so many good things going for you. You you are an inspiration for others, you, others and you, you know you don't realize it. And I, I don't, and I struggle with that. So what I tend to do is I lean on others. So I will tell people in my peer group, hey, I've got this thing going on. I might message them on WhatsApp. And then they will go and put it on IG and, and you know, LinkedIn and all these other kind of places and tag me. And that way I can just like it or just, you know, retweet or whatever. So other people are doing the, the promoting for me and um, because they believe in me. And, it, and it's really important to keep your day ones, you know, those people that have been with you from, from the beginning very close and also keep them informed because you have no idea how much they, they want you to win, you know, and they will support you. So, yeah, number one, have other other people toot your horn. The second thing is get a mentor. Get a mentor who is either a really senior or, you know, thick-skinned introvert or someone who's an extrovert in, in, in the space that you're operating in and have them help you to, to navigate that self-promotion space and give you some tips that's specific to you and your and your what you know your um, skill talent personality etc because they know you uh, sometimes even better than you know yourself you know we have this kind of mirror that we hold up to ourselves which actually isn't a true reflection so it's important to have that third eye have someone else actually let us know what our brand looks like i absolutely agree with that what do you think about networking i know that that's like a a horrible word to some introverts. So let's talk about pre-COVID and how you network. And then let's talk about now how you network. Gosh, yeah, pre-COVID. Ah, the first thing I I, I, I did and I, I still do now is I, I reframe it. Like I don't call it networking anymore. I, I call it a conversation. So you know, I'm going to go to this event and have some conversation with some interesting individuals um, because... Yeah, that word is literally kryptonite networking. networking. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was pre-COVID. But also, you know, in terms of making it comfortable for myself, I may bring a friend along with me. I may arrive a bit earlier just so I can get a sense of the room. And I, I used to find it really overwhelming if I turned up late or the room, you know, like the room had, the room had already moved on, you know, uh, relationships or bonds were already made and I felt like this kind of outsider trying to you know weave my way into a conversation a group conversation that had already started so yeah bring someone with me start a bit early I just go easy on myself you know I, I used to say look if I leave this place with just one contact you know one new person that's enough it's one more than I had before I arrived and who knows where that where that would lead to so yeah go easy on yourself and make that make that comfort zone really comfortable and you'll be able to literally step into your power in that way. And I, I found that you said some things that I never really thought about, but I do. I go early. I don't know why I go early, but maybe that's why to survey the room. And of course, I'm leaving early. But, you know, it's like you make your presence known. And if you need to be seen, you know, by your employer or whatever, you're there. But it is something about going late that makes me uncomfortable because I think that's it. Everybody's already in their clicks and talking. So how do I go break into that? 
So I love how you you shared that. And also, I think it is about conversation. And I think that we like conversations that are meaningful and have depth and don't care for the small talk. And so if we can make that one little conversation, that one person is all we need. And I find that we have lasting relationships. So I'll meet almost every conference I've been to. There is somebody that I'm still in contact with, you know, because we had a real serious conversation. So I think that conversation that that's a great way to reframe it. And I wanted to touch back on people who surround yourself and who get you. And I wonder for you, what are your relationships with? Because I noticed for me, I have two introvert friends, but pretty much the most, the rest are extroverts. And I don't know if that's just me or I'm curious about you. And that's, you know, your personal relationships and your work relationships. And I wonder if that's, I feel like we bring each other balance, but now I'm rethinking it just based on what you said and having them help to self help to promote me. But what about your relationships and your family? Do you find that? Yes. Wow. That's going deep. (laughs) Um, I'm very similar where I also have a large number of extrovert friends and kind of like peers and so forth. And I, you know what it is? It might actually go back again to that, the top of our conversation, you know, Jerry, when we were talking about, we like to help others. Yeah. And it's almost like, I wouldn't call it a savior complex because now we're going into therapy uh, kind of territory, but <laughs> we don't need, like other introverts don't need us. They don't really need us like the extroverts. Do. Yeah. And like, we, we bring this kind of sense of consideration, calm and clarity. And, that's why we're seen as helpers. You know, we are the collaborators, the connectors. And so we're, 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 we're quite, we're quite useful as well. Uh, I think to, to extroverts, not saying we're, you know, we're useless to introverts, but there's just, there's more we can offer to, to those who don't have as much uh, stillness in their lives. That's so profound. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about my family and, and yeah, I, I'm usually, I am usually the quiet one in the in the family gatherings. However, I guarantee you, if I wasn't there, they'd be like, where's Richard? Yeah. They'd be looking for me. Everyone's texting me, phoning right. me. What's going on? But it's not because right. I'm the alpha male and I make all of this kind of a, a scene when I'm in, in, in the place. And I'm pretty sure yeah. the shame is with you as well. Where's, yeah. where's Jerry? Where's that sunshine? Where's that? Yeah, clarity. Yeah, it, it really is. And the calm. And I've also been always commended at every job for being so calm and collected. And I'm curious about the UK. So I have a friend who lived in the UK for 15 years and is back here. She grew up in Chicago, moved there with her husband, came back and, and, and she talked about the differences. And I'm curious about with introversion and extroversion, you know, I don't know if you've lived there all your life or, or is it a difference? Cause I feel like we are so extroverted in the U.S so on top, so on 10, so extreme. And I wonder about other countries. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think we in the UK are just naturally more reserved than our American cousins. We're just, yeah, a bit further down the scale. So if if extroversion is a 10 in the States, extroversion in, in the UK is like a seven. Yeah. It's, it's, we all just collectively come down the scale somewhat. And um, my, like a perfect example, right? At the Olympics, 
Great Britain could come second in a four by 100 meter relay. And the interview at the end was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm so proud, I'm so proud. They're so proud for this silver. If the US got a silver in a four by 100, they're like, what? Oh, man, they're like super annoyed. And they'll be like, this is the worst thing ever. Like, but I don't know, we're just more like, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't know. We're just overly grateful for things. And it just makes us a bit, a bit more passive maybe, mm-hmm. collectively. We're okay to say after you, madam, like we'll let everyone else in front of us. Yeah. That's, 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 that's the way I kind of um, see personality styles in the UK. So an introvert in the UK is like all the way introvert. Like they, they could go missing uh, for ages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. that is, And I've been to London once, but it was for work. And it, it, I don't know, I didn't, it wasn't enough for me to really experience it. But I just felt that too, even before she said that. Just like you said, this more reserved. And even when we went out, because we had dinners every night, it was just lovely. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I wasn't expected or required to do much more. You know, it was very, I think it was a lot of consideration. You know, we had flown over. They knew we were tired. Everybody didn't want to hang out. It was just, I don't know. I I just really enjoyed it. And so, you know, I'll be back. So I'll, I'll call you when I come next time. Um, so I'd love to know if you have a piece of advice for anyone listening, our introverts or extroverts, anyone who's listening about their personal brand and self-promotion or anything that you'd like to share with our audience. Yeah, I, I would say for both introverts and extroverts, uh, don't let it define who you are. Um, society's obsessed with labels and, and, I understand how labels can be practical in some instances, especially when it's correctly used. However, there'll be times when your introversion or extroversion will be a strength and other times a challenge. And it's the power, the real power lies in your awareness of, of that, of the time when it's, when it's a challenge or when, of the time of when it's an asset so that you can act upon it in a way that is more profound and meaningful not just to yourself, but those who you regularly interact with. So yeah, don't let it define who you are. Recognize when it's uh, an asset and lean into it. So that's that side of life. But in terms of like, the other thing I've not really touched on today with you, Jerry, is is, is the interview room. Uh, interviews, interviews, interviews. That's one thing that I've been my classes, people ask, ask a lot, like, how can I really like ace my interview? And certain things like transition phrases. I used to be a, an, um, an, an R person. I think it was, you know, um, yeah. R's. Yeah. <laughs> However, my mentor taught me about transition phrases. So common one is, that's a really good question. And that buys you some time. Or you could say things like, you know, as a matter of fact, I was thinking. So all of these kind of words are really considered fillers, which sound a lot better than ums and ahs. And then there's our friend silence. You know, silence is really helpful in those kind of instances and can be quite profound. When I go step on stage, I don't speak for about eight seconds. Mm. That silence is the room. People are like, what is this guy about to say? (laughs) 
And um, but online, be be mindful of it because if you sit still and don't say anything for a while, people might think you're internet stuff. But um, when used appropriately, silence is really helpful. Um, so yeah, I would say I would say you know again with interviews, use your quiet power, especially introverts. You know, concise statements, don't waffle, don't push yourself to talk excessively uh, when saying the right thing in a few words is just as as profound as, as it's the best thing you can do. It's a great idea. I, I love that. And and one of the questions I asked on our class was, I said that my brain, I need time to process. And so if you ask me a question, the answer is there somewhere, but it takes a minute for my brain to process it and for, and for it to turn into something that sounds intelligent. And so you suggested take a glass of water, take a drink of water. And so thank you. That transition phrases like that and taking water does give me the seconds I need. So thank you, Richard, for your advice to me. Thank you for your advice to our introverts and extrovert listeners. And I'd love to know if you could share how people can follow you, how they can know about the next class. Is there a new one coming up? Uh, anything you'd like to share uh, with the audience? Thank you, Jerry. And I really appreciate being invited to join you in this conversation. So I really enjoyed it. So yeah, if you head down to richardetienne.co.uk and go to hear me talk, there is a list of all of my upcoming events. I generally do masterclasses every other month. So I'm due one pretty soon. And um, once it's once it's up there, I will promote it. <laughs> as uncomfortable as it is, I will promote it. Thank you, Richard. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for all that you've shared. And we will be in touch. So thank you for being a guest on Hush Loudly. Thank you so much. For the best. Enjoy Hush Loudly. Please subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to us. Did you know Hush Loudly has t-shirts? Yep. Show the world you're an introvert without saying a word. We also have t-shirts for the extroverts in our lives who need us. Go to hushloudly.com slash shop.